0: to people in Exile where we have conversations host interviews discuss books and engage with the Bible to help believers live out their faith in an unbelieving
1: world welcome to this episode of people in Exile I'm your host for this episode Chris Chambers and who are these fellas
0: I am the Ben Ellis
1: Andrew Chamberlain Andrew Chamberlain and the capital T capital H capital E Ben Ellis and uh, we are going to continue our study on the Sermon on the Mount and uh, we're actually going to look over to Luke chapter 6. Uh, uh, in this particular episode. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and move over there, guys, real quick. Um, this is what it says, uh, verse 20 of uh, Luke chapter 6. And uh, he lifted up his eyes uh, on his disciples, and he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, And when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. I did want to go ahead and move forward to the woes real quick because I think these are helpful contextually. Verse 24, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now... "...for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep, and woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets." Uh, so guys this is Luke chapter 6 uh, again we've been looking at uh, the Sermon on the Mount typically we think of Matthew chapter 5 chapter 6 and chapter 7 uh, the reason we're coming over here to, to Luke chapter 6 is because we have these Beatitudes in particular which obviously is uh, uh, is the is the parallel version that we see over in Matthew now some individuals do and I think we might have briefly touched on this in the in- mm-hmm. introduction uh, some individuals look at this and they call it you know the Sermon on the plain right, right. as opposed to the Sermon on the Mount um, uh, I, I think many many individuals believe this is the same, right, uh, mm-hmm. a text, the same sermon that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Others think, well, you know, Jesus would have taught a lot of these same things on multiple occasions. Uh, they would have been mm-hmm. written down, you know, at different times, so on and so forth. Uh, but... Um, there is reason to believe that this is the same context, the same text, the same mm-hmm. sermon uh, that Matthew refers to over in Matthew chapter five. Is that right?
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that a lot of people lean into when they make that argument is that the subject material is so. I mean, there's there's similarities in teachings and subject mm-hmm. material. Like even you know the three of us teach at a variety of a variety of times in a variety of instances, and and uh, the reality is is that some of our thought will pervade through all of our teaching. But the, the content is so close to Matthew. I think the majority of people who argue that these are the same instances are people who are leaning into the content being so overlapping.
2: I guess, yeah, and I agree. I think the um, I, I've told, I think both of you all off air that I have more questions than I have answers with this one. And so I, I'm not going to come at this like, hey, I know it, you know, because I don't know if I do. And the reason I say that is the first glaring thing for me is, It just doesn't say the same stuff. Mm -hmm. And I Mm realized Luke wasn't there. You know, I realized that you're talking about two different people recording it. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. there's there's probably a conversation there and things to learn. Mm -hmm. But it, it, I mean, again, maybe I'm being too much of a simpleton. It's like, okay, but there is, it's just not the same. I mean, it's very close, but it's not the same. And then, you know, yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Well, when we're when we're reading uh, the Bible and we're studying Scripture, I think one of the one of the starting places for us, right, is we believe that this is the inerrant, infallible Word of God, right? Correct. I think that's a good starting place uh, for and us.
2: Inspired. You got.
1: And inspired. Yeah, the three I's. You're right. You're right. Inspired, uh, inerrant, and infallible. Uh, the reason I think that's important to start there is because what we know is that Scripture does not contradict itself. Correct. Right? So that would be a starting point. So if we ever look at Scripture and say, well, this seems to contradict that, this seems to contradict that, we really need to take a closer look at that.
2: Great point. We
1: need to look at the context, and we need to try to figure out, all right, so what is this actually saying? Mm-hmm. So
2: I just want to say something really yep. quick, because I said I got questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not questioning the inspiration, yep. no, the of inerrancy, yep. or the infallibility. I'm questioning the some of that the okay is, is this the same thing mm-hmm. is he meaning the same mm-hmm. thing here so yeah, no, great absolutely. Point. yeah, yeah. i just want to clarify and, and i think the
0: reality is is whether this is the same conversation just recorded between matthew and luke or if this is two different conversations that I- at the end of the day what we have is we have spiritual moral yep. ethical teaching mm-hmm. that jesus has given and whether you see that as the same same moment yep. or different moments yep. I, I don't know that that actually changes the right. meaning of either text yep. ding
1: ding ding oh, Spirit-inspired right? uh, to, uh, to have these men write this down, uh, and, and he's preserved it. Here we are in 2020 now, so 2,000 years nearly, right? right. Uh, it's been preserved. So, um, okay. Very that, good. Yeah, with that being said, let's go ahead and, and dig into uh, the text. And uh, for the purpose of kind of going back and forth, let me uh, flip over to Matthew chapter 5. And then we'll just kind of take this. So again, the Luke chapter six says this, blessed are you who are poor, it ends there, right? Poor, uh, for yours is the kingdom of God. On the flip side, it says, but woe to you, this is verse 24, who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Then we jump over uh, back to Matthew chapter five, verse three, says blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, what do we do with those differences? See, that, I'm, I'm gonna. This is my question. Yeah, good. Yeah, me, yeah. me
2: and Chris have talked about this mm-hmm. more because we were teaching through this yeah. in our life group at church. And, and, and uh, I'm just gonna say my perspective. There's a big difference in saying blessed is someone who is poor than someone who is poor in spirit mm-hmm. because you can see. And and let's just let's just back this up a little bit. We have so if we look at like a Catholic or a Protestant perspective, you know the the Catholic tradition has taken a Luke six interpretation and they've said, what if you're going to be, I'm I'm, for lack of better terms, if you're going to be a higher up in our institution or our church, you have to take a vow of poverty. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we've seen an entire tradition of faith separate Not fully just because of this one verse, but we've seen an entire tradition of faith separate because of concepts like this. So Mm -hmm. in my mind, that's kind of a, you know, that's a big deal. And I'd like to, you know, and Ben made a good point there, you know, it's still good teaching regardless or inspired teaching. But, you know, if you start to compare those, why? Why would one write poor in spirit, one write poor, just poor?
0: I think it's I think it's a great question, and and I think there are a lot of issues that surround it. Um, I think the reality is is that the poor being being dealing with poverty in your life certainly makes being poor in spirit a lot easier to come into, right? Because you have you have an easy recognition of physical dependence. Right. That builds an obvious bridge to spiritual dependence. Right? Well, and real
1: quick, just to just to kind of contra, contra, contrast, uh, we think of, as we've mentioned, I think a couple weeks ago, the, the rich young ruler, for example. Right. He, an individual who has much. He comes to Jesus and uh, says, well, he a good teacher. You know how may I inherit the, uh, the kingdom of heaven? And he says, uh, you know, uh, what did he say first? The, uh, yeah,
0: keep, follow all the laws and commandments.
1: Yeah, and he, he said this is right. And he said, now go sell all your possessions, come follow me. Um, again, and the, and the the rich young ruler goes away sad, right? Yeah. He, he walks dejected. away, dejected. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so this is an individual on the on the flip side of this that had much, and so the idea of of, of following Jesus became very very difficult mm-hmm. because as we if we look at our previous episode, he was very uh, self sufficient, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so uh, he did he didn't really see himself as in need. Right, so he didn't want to then put himself in a position where he would need, and he was unwilling to give away what he had in order to mm-hmm. uh, follow. So anyway, go, go ahead with your thought and there. Ben. And Sorry. I think I
0: think the thought there harmonizes the two, but mm-hmm. I don't think it it explicitly says these have to be the same mm-hmm. thing, right? And now, and and like Andrew, I have a lot of questions when we come to comparing these two texts, but I do lean into the idea that these are related to one another. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, okay, so. I mean maybe I'm I'm just like on the surface it's just if if we can rationalize it that's the problem I have with this we can rationalize this and we can rationalize that or spiritualize?
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. But they're just drastically different. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So let let's just for a minute, okay? Take let, it at face let, value. Let, yep. And let's, let's 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 set aside Matthew chapter five for a minute, mm-hmm. and let's assume right that what this means is exactly what it says. Right. A blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This would mean right as you as you already mentioned, the, the Catholics I guess faith would would uh, valid poverty. Uh, this would mean that anyone that has any kind of wealth whatsoever. Right, uh, would not have the kingdom of heaven. Would that, would that be a, a proper way to look at that then?
0: Well, I think it's the only implication that you can take if you set aside the Matthew 5.
1: Okay. Well, n- no, I would disagree because it
2: doesn't say blessed are the poor only. It just says blessed are the poor. Well, mm-hmm. if
0: you take that in conjunction with the Matthew 24 because woe to you who are rich. Yeah. I mean, obviously the dichotomy Luke is 6, set up. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't say yeah, woe to ta- you.
1: But see, this is the... It says, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your but, consolation. But, but it
0: is creating a category. There you is have c- to admit it's creating a category. Th-
2: that's it. But but the thing that it's not doing is creating exclusivity. It's creating a category, but it's not creating exclusivity. So, so, so help me understand how you're poor and rich at the same time. I'm not saying you're poor and rich at the same time. It's not saying blessed are every poor or blessed are every rich. It's just saying it's generalizing the two. And I think that that's the challenge with the text is that – you're, you're generalizing the because you can see, because let's not, let's not negate already other context clues of other scripture. So when we come to this, when we got to see, we got to look at other contexts, there is plenty of context in scripture of, of people who are wealthy and poor. You can go back, you can go right to Proverbs. I think it's chapter 30 where it says, grant me neither riches nor poverty. So we can see that it's. I don't see it as an exclusivity. I just see it as there there is some type of generalization where I think leads to people like uh, Dallas Willard, I believe it is, mm-hmm. who was like, look, this was just a very contextual. Here you have mm-hmm. these people. You had two different classes. You had the Pharisees and the scribes, so to speak, that were the ruling class that mm-hmm. had tons of money. They were obviously not following God, and you had a lot of the poor people who were very uh, – like they were almost under the burden of these people, and they seem to be the ones that early follow God. I think there is some credence to what he's saying there, but, That's what I'm saying. I got a lot of questions. I think it's hard. And
1: just kind of thinking through what you're saying there, I think the Apostle Paul for a minute over in Philippians chapter 4, right? In much, right? In in abundance, uh, uh, and then when I've had nothing, right? Uh, In all things, I can do all things uh, through Christ who who gives me strength. Sorry about that. Uh, So those are, you know, I I think you see the context of of, of poor uh, and rich when I had many, when I had much rather, when I didn't have uh, anything, uh, but, again, when we look at, at these things, uh, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. As as Ben was mentioning there a moment ago, uh, I think for an individual who doesn't, as somebody who is um, um uh poor impoverished has not much and 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 that's the other thing in, in 2020 in the context in which we live uh certainly here in the united states uh it's going to be hard pressed for many people to put themselves in that category from a worldwide perspective right uh you have you know third world world countries you have you know significant poverty in in many many places think of india think about the the, the you know type of living quarters that they uh they live in, in in many places and so uh you know that's another thing to kind of think think
2: And that's a good point, because when you start thinking of those things, and I've been in some of those places, Mm -hmm. and I've seen some of Mm -hmm. that, I'm telling you, some of the, I don't, this is going to be kind of a rough statement to Mm -hmm. some extent, there's some real depravity, there's not a blessedness just because you're poor, that's Mm -hmm. the challenge, if Mm -hmm. you look at a real world thing, there is a lot of depravity still. Mm-hmm. In the in that type, I mean, I've seen some really rough stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what makes that even more challenging to me from a real world experience. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, you can't, you know, you can't just automatically say, hey, just because you're this position or that position, uh, from a financial standpoint, that you're one or the other. That's, I, I mean, again, I don't feel like I'm answering any questions here because it just seems to make it harder for me. Mm-hmm. So we both looked at Ben, and Ben just yeah, says, no, Ben's I, like I, I, yeah, I think
0: I think well, I mean, I think the reality is is that the the nuance that you got that you guys are bringing to that construct actually undermines the original argument. Right? Because what you're saying is is that there's so much that's happening at being poor, being dealing with uh, the issues of poverty, and, and from a Western perspective, we have troubles dealing with poverty. But like, the more you, you talk through, more that you nuance the idea that this is a physical poverty that Luke has in mind, the more that it actually undermines the argument that it is physical poverty. Mm-hmm. That's, just my, that's just my opinion. And, uh, I,
2: and I would agree from the Matthew text. No, I mean without the Matthew text. I know. I know you do. (laughs) That's (laughs) what I'm getting to. I would agree with the Matthew text. You know, I would say, ding, 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 ding. But the challenge, again, for me is, why didn't Luke write that? Like, why do we have, why are we missing... The three extra words
1: there. well real quick, this is a little bit of an aside from from the text that we 're actually looking at, but uh, that's a question that I, that I that I tend to ask quite a bit right uh, is if if God wanted us as humanity in 2020 to understand something a certain way why didn't he write it that way right and sometimes why do, why do we have to wrestle with scripture so much to get to a uh, uh, and understanding and, and again I think I think it goes back to dependency on him right he mm-hmm. ultimately if, if, if it was simply uh, um, something that anybody or, or every everyone could understand then there'd be no need for the Holy Spirit to come and illuminate that text for us right so I think there is some sense in that that hey we, we really need to wrestle with the scripture we really need to be depending upon God Lord help me to understand this what mm-hmm. what what did you mean by this what did it mean to the original uh, audience what does it mean to us today mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and how should we live that out bear yeah, that out
2: scripture talks about it says it's the glory of God to hide things, and it's the glory mm-hmm. kings to find them. Yeah, you know? yeah. so I think there, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. And so, let me encourage everybody that's listening. If you hear us debating about a text passionately, that's a good thing. Yeah, that, that that we should be able to do this, and because we've already affirmed three things, each one of us are affirming what: the inspiration, the infallibility, and the inerrancy. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So it's like when we have that as our foundation and our bedrock then we are not questioning it from that perspective. We're questioning it from that wrestling. Mm -hmm. Okay. We want to understand this because we want to be children of God. Even to the point, I think Chris has made the point very clear. Like if we are that rich young ruler and God is calling us to sacrifice, Mm -hmm. then what we're trying to say is, okay, God, we love you enough to Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. You know? So I'm, I think it's a benefit to, specifically if you do view us, if you're a listener today and you do perceive the three of us, Ben, Chris, myself as teachers, I think it's good for you to be in these types, hear these types of things because why this is, these are, we are fallible men dealing with an infallible text and trying to, to, and trying to understand it. So, uh, it's a big deal. I think it's and important.
0: A, I think one of the other things is really important to highlight as we have these conversations because Andrew's actually right. i absolutely right. Actually we, right. Actu- Absolutely. <laughs> I meant absolutely. Uh, Andrew's absolutely right in that we are, really are wrestling with the text in a lot of ways. And the truth is, is at the end of the day, at the end of this conversation, nobody walks out of this room angry. Right. right? We're three guys just, you know, just kind of struggling through the text and mm-hmm. trying to do the best we can. And, and we actually, you know, care for one another love yeah. each other's families a whole yeah. bit so i mean it's just
2: so ben introduced himself as the ben ellis oh. from <laughs> now on my moniker is going to be actually G- <laughs> i like
1: it i like it <laughs> So um, let me just—we don't have a whole lot of more time. Maybe maybe ten minutes or so. And so I did want to look at the other the other two here. Really, in this in this section it says here: Blessed are you who are hungry now, right? For you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And if you jump down to twenty-five and twenty-six, woe to you who are full now. For you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now! For you uh, shall mourn. And of course, if we if we if we kind of look over at the Matthew side, we see hunger and thirst for righteousness. Right? For you shall yeah. be satisfied. And mm-hmm. uh, we see, for blessed are you who mourn. For you shall be uh, comforted. So, um, go ahead. Uh, so I don't mean, but this one even makes it harder mm-hmm. for me. It seems like
2: Luke is keeping the same theme where he is making it poor, hungry, yeah. and, and
1: weeping now. And then mm-hmm.
2: Matthew is doing more of the. And in spirit, the Mm -hmm. hungering thirst for righteousness like that. It seems like Matthew takes you to a deeper level and Luke is keeping it more surface. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm right there. I'm just saying that's what makes it so challenging for me. If I'm reading those and I'm just trying to read them for what they say. So
1: there's there's a very temporal, Sense that that we get from Luke, right? Because he actually uses the word now, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's blessed a good are point. those who hunger mm-hmm. now. Blessed are those who weep now. Um, and and then on the flip side, the woes laugh now, right? Or are full now. So um, let me
2: let me interject a con, uh, mm-hmm. uh, an idea for us, because I've thought of this a lot when I read scripture. So we, we we we've talked about the infallibility, we've talked about the inspiration, the inerrancy, but we haven't talked about the livingness of it. You know, Hebrews says what it's it's
0: active and it's
1: mm-hmm. living. The word, okay. I mean,
2: yeah. So
1: just like the constitution, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, 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 a different conversation and, for a different day.
1: And no, the answer is no. <laughs> uh, so, Sorry about that.
2: So when we look at the example, I'm going to take us to the old Testament. Okay. There is a, there's a text when Moses r- raises up the serpent, mm-hmm. right? Where it had an implication. What now for them, look at this and right, be healed. Right, but mm-hmm. it also had a future meaning. Right. What? This was a pointing to Christ. Yeah. Kind of a near and a far. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've often wondered that with the Beatitudes. I mean, God can do multiple things at multiple times, right? So what if there was a now concept that Mm -hmm. Luke was hitting? Here are the people now. Mm -hmm. You are physically doing this now because why? You're not in the religious elite class because you are not, you're not, you're not being elevated because Mm -hmm. you're trying to follow God. Okay, so there is that now, mm-hmm. and then Matthew's looking to the future to some extent, saying, Look it's not always going to be the exact same concept, mm-hmm. but it is the or the exact same parameters, if you will, but it is the exact same concept, this hungering, this thirsting, it may come physically, it may come spiritually, but it is still the same so i ha I'm just wondering aloud with you two right now is there this active and living part that has a contextual meaning then and a contextual meaning for for till Jesus returns.
1: Well, just and, and real quick before Ben jumps in uh, and he's, he's contemplating, he's thinking. So uh, it's a good time for me to talk. But anyway, he says, uh, um, uh, what, what do we see when you say now when it has that, that context of, of the here in the now, um, what are some of the things that Jesus is, is doing? And we look at, think of Matthew chapter four, what he was doing. He's healing uh, the sick, right? We see him even raise uh, uh, Lazarus from the dead. Uh, we see. So again, you have these folks who are weeping, right? And then, and then he brings comfort to them, right, uh, in the instant. We have individuals sitting out in the field listening to him li- listening to him teach, and, and that hunger is starting to build up inside. and They're hungry, thousands of individuals. And what does he do? <laughs> Literally, okay, Jesus, we got to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he feeds them, right? Yeah. He feeds them. Uh, so they're hungry now. They're, they're, they're weeping now. Um, they are, um, uh, well, the, the, the poor, I guess, a little bit harder to put in that context. Well, I think they were very poor then. Yeah, I mean oppressed. You have people that certainly were oppressed. Because Roman was Rome was yeah, in, because, you know. Because I
2: mean, you had you had three groups of people from what I understand that had money at that time. And and, and maybe more. I I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I know everything, but you had the tax collectors that were making a lot of money mm-hmm. from impoverishing them. And then you had the ruling class mm-hmm. that because they were you know, they were in bed, so to speak, with Rome as well. Outside of that, you had a lot of people, you know, they may have done well in business and can do well. But then what would happen? A tax collector would come and take a fourth of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it seems that they, they, there was, I mean, it was a really rough time. You know I mean, just from a physical, you know, I think I think it's
0: on. important, though. Too, and that's, uh, that's all contextually really important. I think what's also important, though, is, is that Jesus actually comes back on those people who ate. And he says, why are you following me? And then he actually he actually condemns them. He yeah. says, "Look, the only reason you showed up was because yeah. you got fed, right. right?" So this is there's obviously a sense in which like that that driving impetus is not the highlight of what Jesus is is working for. It's not the highlight of what mm-hmm. he's looking for, right? So he's he's looking for a higher watermark than that. He wants followers who, and then this leans back into the John four idea of we want worshippers who. F- Worship in spirit and truth. We, there's a there's a different context that we want, right? Yeah,
2: which I would agree wholeheartedly with with what Ben said. But if we look at the entirety of Scripture, he says, "What if we if we say we love our brother and yet we do mm-hmm. not provide for their goods? Right then, then that love is vain." So, so I think that goes. I, I I'm I'm throwing out my hypothesis again. I think that's kind of the point of the difference of the beatitudes. I think there was a now. You're hungering, you're thirsting because you're not there. Okay, and then there is the spiritual, um, and and I think I think both are happening, and I mm-hmm. think both are a part of, it, and that's why we see both. Text. I think
0: the important thing, though, both for here and for the James text that you're referencing, which is really I think the big text that you're referencing there, is there's also a leveraging of that of that immediate material need for a larger, broader spiritual context.
1: So in, in the Luke six, in particular, we see uh, certainly there's some hope that's being provided. Right. Sure. And there's also a lot of caution uh, for 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 the, these ruling class as well. Right. We see both of those uh, things uh, uh, that are that are taking place. Um, you know, uh, yours is the kingdom uh, of, of God. Uh, you shall be satisfied. Uh, you shall laugh. I just want we got just a, about three more minutes or so um, before we need to wrap this episode. But that's something that we don't see at all over in Matthew, is this idea of laughing. Uh, we see it here. Uh, you know, blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And then, of course, we see it in the woe section, uh, verse uh, 25b. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and, uh, and weep. What, what, what's, what do you think is going on there with the laugh? Any, any idea?
2: I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm going to say the same thing I said. Mm-hmm. I think there is that. you got one class is they're, they're living high on the hog, as mm-hmm. we would say, and you got one who's not, and Jesus is speaking to the one who's not right mm-hmm. now, and he's saying, look, your time will come.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, and, and I'll just mention something real quick. This is we're, we're now in uh, uh, tomorrow. Will be one uh, full week away from uh, election day here in the United States. And one thing that I noticed that I haven't seen I, again, I think visually you can tell there's a difference uh, if you just watch media, if you watch you know different shows, whatever. You're, you, one thing that I saw after uh, the election was called again, it, 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 you know, in, in 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 some of the media, and the AP has uh, has called it for Biden. Uh, there's almost a sense of of uh, of relief or un- a sense of um this laughter that that has really been gone for some time in those in those realms and again we know politically where all these folks stand but again for for four years you know these individuals just angry and and very little laughter if, it, if, if at all and suddenly now it's called for their candidate and suddenly you see that joviality kind of come back in which I thought was super interesting I didn't expect that I would see such a giant contrast that quickly and yet you already kind of see that which anyway I, I don 't know if that helps us here in this context or not but it was something that that jumped out to me so I figured I'd uh, I'd mention that
2: yeah I, I think again using that as an example it, there is definitely a and, and it's interesting because we talked about James and James is actually a very similar context as this I mean and actually if you look at the structure of the book of James it, it follows the Sermon on the Mount so it, it, I don't think there's any irony there and also James talks about what because like, they were, let's talk about the rich for a second in the book of James. He says, why are you guys elevating these people when you come come into your worship? Aren't these the ones that are what? Oppressing you. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think there is, I think Luke is just giving us a here and now perspective. This, you guys that are laughing, you guys that are wealthy, all this stuff is coming from an unholy, your, your root of this is not holy. It's not righteous. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And it, your, your judgment's coming. What happens in 70 AD? the mm-hmm. temples destroyed yeah. the yeah. whole system you know mm-hmm. they've been in disp- they're going to you think their diaspora was bad then their diaspora is going to get ushered into a whole new realm until what 1940 whenever mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know so i think there is a very much again i'm going to use the moses example here's this, here's the serpent yeah. Yeah. look on this now you know this is also pointing to the future.
1: So Andrew, Andrew's kind of given us that kind of near and far uh, kind of, of uh, fulfillment, right? Uh, mm-hmm. that, that that he sees there. Ben, I want you to give us the the alternate uh, kind of perspective there. The idea that says uh, here is some of what we see, uh, but if we look over Matthew, it helps us to kind of clarify Scripture uh, for us a little bit. If if an individual was going to take that approach, uh, what would that look like?
0: Well, I'll I'll be honest with you. Like that has been my approach for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But like Andrew's argument is kind of like. Shifting my brain a little okay. bit. Okay. I, I, I have to be. Actually, <laughs> actually Andrew.
1: <laughs> actually, comma Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> the comma.
0: <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to stop talking. I I just. No. Uh, so what, no, what know, would love actually Ben? I think, uh, ben is think, our favorite. But lean into that if you would. I think I think the idea like when you when you see these texts is very similar. As you see these when you see these texts as similar when you see these texts as as teaching in the same place you're looking really at the concepts that are going along with them right so you have got these ideas of, of poor right so the idea again you want what you just physically poor is one thing what does it mean to be what does it mean to be actually poor like where are you actually at your greatest sense of 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 emptiness mm-hmm. right and no matter how much money you have Right, your greatest sense of emptiness is spiritually. Mm-hmm. Right, you're spiritual. You're ultimately spiritually bankrupt. Now, again, this is one of those things that you're going to take from a perspective. Right, so you're going to begin to argue that every if you if you take that first line to really mean poor in spirit as much as it, more than it means physically or a physical poverty, you're going to continue through that lens. Right, so again, looking at the lexics. Uh, Sorry, I lost my place. Blessed are you who are hungry now. Ultimately, again, you're going to see that where is your ultimate where is your ultimate hunger, right? Whether your ultimate hunger, whether it's now or later, is going to be ultimately for righteousness, right? Because it's that shifting of nature uh, at hand. And again, again, that's now and later, right? Blessed are you who are hungry now. For you shall be satisfied. Blessed are now who weep, for you will laugh, right? And again, the context is nature. What is your disposition? What is your and blessed are you when people. Uh, when people hate you, when they are, when they exclude you, when they revile you, obviously those are all ideas of of uh, of persecution. Spurn evil in your name, the account of the Son of Man. Right, that's that idea of that persecution that comes at the end. The woes, I think, are, are interesting because they're they're more difficult because they all, they seem to be something functionally different from the the blessings from the, the blessings. blessings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's something that uh, that you wouldn't line up with, I think, with the original beatitudes in the. In the Matthew five yeah, chapter, yeah,
1: right. So, um, so there we have. We uh, we you know wanted just to kind of take a look at the Luke six uh, and and kind of compare that with what we see over in in Matthew uh, chapter five. Um, assuming uh, next episode, we'll just keep plugging along and uh, see where the next uh, episode takes us. Any uh, f- one last thing? Again, this is people in exile. Uh, I know we've mentioned it in, in a couple of the, the previous episodes, uh, but from uh, from that perspective, what? Uh, what can we gain from this? Well,
2: if if we look at there are... We are all in a different season of life, mm-hmm. and, and let's think collectively right now. We You've mentioned our politics, mm-hmm. and you've mentioned mm-hmm. the election, and, and uh, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, I, I think there's some angst um, on either side uh, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, as a believer that we're in this culture where we're seeing it seems like our ruling class may be excited for one result... Um, We have to remember that what God's the ultimate ruler, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and even if it was, let's assume that that's not the one that we wanted to, you know, be our earthly ruler. We have to remember what? Okay, Um, God's still in control. So I think if we take this, if we look at this text, our job still, regardless of who is there, is what? To be these things that mm-hmm. we've talked about in the Beatitudes, to be this because of the work of Christ in us. So mm-hmm. we are people in exile, regardless if we are on the high end of the society or the low end, mm-hmm. regardless if we are the ones being celebrated or the ones being cursed. So be that, but be that example of what the kingdom that is already here. Mm-hmm. So again, we've said this m- many times, and I'll say it one last. We study these things not just for our own spiritual
0: well being, but what? For the well being of everybody around us. So. And I think in addition to that, I think Andrew's absolutely right. We have a responsibility to live as people transformed by the gospel, which means embodying a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, mentalities, a lot of these attitudes, or these be attitudes that we discuss in the text. But there's, but in order to do that too, there are some things that we need to continue to do. Like we need to pray for president Joe Biden, mm-hmm. right? Even if he was not our preferred candidate mm-hmm. in the election, we have a responsibility to pray for him. We have a, uh, a responsibility to pray for, uh, VP Camilla Harris, we have a responsibility to pay, pray for our leaders, our elected officials, because that's what Christ calls us to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And additionally to and that, be obedient. Yeah. And be obedient. Yeah. And, and, and we also have to do our best to encourage one another in the midst of all this, you know, one of the reasons that we recognize and one of the things we called this whole podcast, people in Exile," as Andrew referenced earlier, this isn't our, or this isn't our home we're just passing through. Mm-hmm. Right. And we need to live as people of our true home. And that means living according to God's word in all of its facets, not just some of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, guys, thank y'all uh, so much for uh, joining us for this episode. And uh, Andrew, would you mind closing a word of prayer?
2: Father, we thank you uh, for your word and Lord, I'm very thankful that we can have conversations that are um, about your word and being a, and be in a position where we have questions and trying to figure things out. But at the same time, knowing that you are true and knowing that you are good. So Lord, I'm appreciative of this and I pray that whoever's hearing this Lord, they would study your word uh, in that same mindset that they can rely on you. But at the same time, Lord, want to know more, to to dig out the truth of your word. So, Lord, I appreciate my brothers here sharing that with us today. And, Lord, I pray that in the current environment that we live in, uh, specifically uh, the political field that we see currently, Lord, I pray, God, that we would truly uh, bring the absolute best for our society as followers of Christ, that we would serve, that we would love, that we would show all the characteristics of a life that's been transformed by the gospel. And Lord, where we fall short there, I pray for great grace and great mercy. We love you. Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks, guys.
0: As always, thank you for listening to People in Exile. For more information, visit the website, peopleinexile.com, and make sure to follow us on Facebook. Until next time, keep praying and seeking the welfare of your city.